Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Best Seller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Mark Boundy. He is the author of Radical Value, Elevate Your Company and Career by Unleashing the Power Within Customer Centricity. It's great to have you with us, Mark. Thanks, Taryn. It's great to be here. This is your first book, we should say. Yes, it is. A hearty congratulations. Thank you. It's been a, quite a journey. Yeah. Tell us about that journey. I'm always curious when we interview first-time authors. Tell us about the genesis of the idea and the book and sort of the impetus to write about this topic. I had the good fortune of having a bunch of different careers and a bunch of different industries. Sure. Always as the highest priced option in whatever it was, product or service, financial services, telecom. So I developed this specialty of selling at a higher price and being able to sell at a premium price. And then as I transitioned into sales consulting, I would interact with ultimately thousands of salespeople, none of whom could really sell at or hold the premium price. And as a manager who had profit and loss responsibility, I thought this is horrible. And so uh, my why is trying to share the importance of and then how to sell at the full value price. Sure, and when you you watch these others kind of not doing what they need to, what was the biggest mistake they were making in your opinion, based on your experience? Well, it kind of goes back to the definition of what's value. There's a lot of people think they know what value is, but, and start with, value being what people will pay, Mm -hmm. but more specific, it's a little clumsier definition, but it's actionable. People don't buy your product or service. They buy the outcomes from your product or service. Sure. And how much they'll pay is how much they desire those outcomes. So value is the desirability of outcomes. And salespeople are not as good as they should be about talking in the customer's language, talking about the customer's outcome. They're much better about talking about their features, their benefits, their stuff, their offer, than about what the customer's getting. Okay, because there are a lot of sales books on the market. So when you were doing your research, Mark, did you say, okay, everybody's just talking about the sale, nobody's talking about the value. And as you said, that's the most important part. 75% of all sales forces in the world have no component of their compensation plan tied to the profitability of the sales. Is that right? 75%? Wow. It's all about, I need to make a sale and whatever price I'm able to get at with the least amount of work is what I'm going to sell at. Um, This is horrible to hear, but I've actually had some salespeople say it's the company's job to try to figure out how to make a profit at the price I sold. And that's evil. Now you're a sales consultant? Yep. Okay, when you look back at sort of your early days, 
What do you know now that you wish you would have known then in the capacity of radical value? And we'll get to that, to that specific word, radical. Um, my first sales job, the sales manager would say, sell the value. And that's exactly what you should be doing. But that's like a mother telling your kids, stop fighting. You know you should, but you don't know how. You don't know what that means. And I had one of my second sales job was at this wire and cable company where I was the highest price wire and cable. Think of a commodity like that. The entire culture of the company was we sell at a price premium and if you can't get a price premium, walk away. And here's how we sell. The entire culture of the entire company, not just sales, but marketing, product management, production, everybody understood the value of our products to our customers. Everybody understood the customer's outcome. So when there would be some problem in manufacturing or somebody had a new idea, they knew what the customer's use was. And so they, they could come up with these brilliant ideas of really inexpensive things to produce. And so from that really important early experience in my career, it became something that I applied right. into different industries. And I was, yeah, I say I was kind of blessed to then go into telecom and they have to be booted out of the telecom industry when the telecom industry busted in 2000. And then I went into commercial real estate lending. I was blessed to have to find a new industry when the real estate lending market blew up in 2008. Right. So I was able to apply these kind of skills over and over and over in different industries and realize this applies. So Mark, it sounds like it comes down to customer focus versus value focus. You're exactly right. But customer focus is good, but so many sales leaders, company leaders know they need to be customer focused, but don't know what that means, don't know how to measure it. Within customer focus, there's what's going on in the customer's mind, their value for what you offer. You can measure that. You can put your eyes on that. You can have a conversation about that. So within customer focus, if you focus on the nugget, that you always were looking at, that you were looking for, that you mm -hmm. were seeking, but didn't know to articulate to yourself is value focus. Right, so that said, how do you put a metric on value focus? I'd imagine it changes depending on the industry and what you're selling. It not only changes by industry and what you're selling, it changes customer to customer. Right. And that is where salespeople and marketing people have started have to work together to have a conversation with a given customer about what they value, what outcomes that individual customer is looking for. So if it is a case-by-case -case basis for someone reading this book who has a big sales organization, how do you generalize value? I have some really great tools that help sales organizations turn their differentiation into typical customer business outcomes right. that should be the focus of your conversations, not my features, my benefits, my speeds and feeds, if you will. You read my mind because the book talks a lot about differentiation. Yeah. So can you differentiate differentiation? <laughs> yes. What Differentiation is something that you do differently and that your customer thinks gives them a unique result right. that only you can deliver. And if you have some feature that other competitors don't have or other options don't have, translate that into outcomes for the customer and the outcomes of those outcomes. And when you're able to do that repeatedly, you're able to come up with a, a value picture. Your marketers can talk about outcome-based marketing 
and your salespeople can reinforce that and find out which one of those resonate and then take it off into those estate planning sort mm -hmm. of um, esoteric situation specific things and you paint a palette of an individual customer's value picture. C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curious is the title, Radical Value. I mean, radical can have sort of um, know, an individualized connotation. So what yeah. were you hoping to achieve when you said radical? Radical can spin negative, it can spin positive. So I want people to radically rethink how they sell. Um, I have found in, in being a, a sales consultant for one of the big sales training companies, um, and then in talking with other sales consultants for others training companies, every sales methodology out there spends a lot of time on a lot of the detail, but 10% of the detail is on customer value. Right. So think of a poor salesperson who sat through a two-day training and 90% of it was all the details that surround value and 10% of it was the 10% value that actually changes a customer's mind. Right. Can you help but underemphasize the importance of value in your day-to-day -day selling practice. And so I want to radically rethink that that 10% is the 90% that's gonna move a customer's deal. Um, customers have started buying differently today. I think any, anybody in the sales world knows that customers are changing. Yeah. And one of the statistics you see is that there's more people involved in a customer buying decision. Nobody asks why. Every specialty has subspecialized and subdivided and subdivided. Where you used to be able to sell to a marketing organization, right. now there's marketing so tech, there's marketing. So there's silos within the silos mm -hmm. and silos within those, and finally soda straws. So where you used to sell to one organization, now you're selling to four and five and six roles. And what happens in the average organization is, yeah, there's five people affected, but one of them owns the budget mm -hmm. and these two have a lot of say. And so just let's make the decision with these three, even though five or six or seven are affected. Right. And then a salesperson comes in and says, asks, what's your buying process? And says, well, I own the budget, but you should talk to the three of us. And the salesperson listens and responds right. because they think that's the buying process. And if you haven't figured out that there's value that diffuses out throughout the entire organization, you're not going to sell that value. Right, right. And buyers tell salespeople what their buying process is. And suddenly all the salespeople are selling the same value to the same three parties. And now the salespeople aren't differentiated. They're meeting needs, but they're not... Uh, I've had buyers say, I've got three different business cards on my desk from three different vendors, but they're all selling the same doggone thing. Right. Because we didn't differentiate ourselves. We didn't help the customer buy in a more complete way. Um, and then it's worse because as sellers, we've subdivided too. So 
I have a client that has uh, over a dozen different roles that touch the customer. There's appointment setters, inside sales, farmers, hunters, wow. technical sales engineers, technical support, um, customer support, installation, customer success. And we have all these silos right. selling to the customer, but only one of them is tasked with understanding customer value. Right. Isn't that something? I mean, think about all those things you just rattled off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems so counterintuitive that out of all of those, only one is value-based when value is everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So think about it. We have the one role, sales, who doesn't have the highest, they have the least trusted relationship of anybody in the customer right. because they're a salesperson. And all the rest of these roles have higher trust relationships and all of them are in an opportunity to uncover value and uncover new outcomes for the customer and none of them right. are incentivized to talk to sales. That's and wild. So, that's a radical rethink of how your customer operation is, a radical rethink of how you should be selling value, not to what they think they right. should be buying, but to what you really can offer. But I'm curious, Mark, the changing face of, of sales and the world we live in, in digitization, everything moving so quickly. How do you keep up with value changes with in terms of the way the sales world is changing everything's online you know we're lose, losing that face-to-face -face contact so how do you maintain the value mark in this ever-changing digital Boy, world we're in man what a great question um people buy the same it's just how they inform themselves before the dis buying decision That's is fair. the same and when salespeople are no longer a trusted resource and they sell the way they think that you've asked them to sell to them, you know, to the three silos instead of the seven. When salespeople sell in that very conventional, I'm going to sell to the three people the customer told me to sell to mode, they're unremarkable. They only meet expectations. Right. They are not a preferred source for information. As a matter of fact, CSO Insights did some research and said, of nine possible sources of information, the internet, trade shows, colleagues, whatever, salespeople rank number eight out of nine possible information sources. Because salespeople do what the customers ask rather than what the customers really want. Right. And so it's inevitable that if you don't understand your customer's value, don't help guide the customer to a better decision, you're gonna be unremarkable. And so, of course, the internet is going to be a much more convenient information resource than some sales guy who's going to harangue you for two weeks after every sales call. So are you a fan of this digital and communication of value versus an actual person? I mean, are there pros and cons or is one definitely better than the other? Uh, pros and cons and they're complementary. Um, mm -hmm. Marketing has to be very outcome focused and it has to engage those fourth through seventh people. Right. And as well as the, 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 the central three. And so marketing has to educate those people and the salespeople have to follow that, follow that marketing to be able to engage a wider set within the organization. Organizations need to start utilizing all those people who touch the customer right. as value gathering sure. scouts. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they're using all the resources. Uh, just a question for you in terms of prospecting. Kind of the way you've seen the sales industry change and sort of what you're trying to put through in the book in terms of radical value. How is prospecting affected by what you are propo proposing in this book? 
prospecting should be value-based prospecting. Okay. I talk to some stranger on the phone, hello, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect. I just recently helped a customer achieve this outcome. Is that an outcome that is important to you? Does that resonate with right. you? Rather than, hey, I've got this thing with these kind of features, you're, you're talking about everything in your customer's world. You want to make that entire conversation in customer's frame of reference, in customer's term. Yeah. Um, I heard a really great quote from somebody. Customers don't come to your website to learn about you. They come to your website to see themselves reflected. And like that. that is understanding that your what your customer's there for, what they're trying to do. They're trying to solve their own outcomes for their own reason. If you don't help them, yeah. somebody else can. Right, the sort of the value and what they're looking at and how that sort of turns on to themselves. So um, it's really invaluable information, no pun intended, um, but it's true because when you look at the changing face of sales in terms of you know what people are communicating, it is, is it about the experience? Is it about the product? Is it about what you're getting, the outcome? So the book really dives into very specifically so many different faces and tenets of value that I didn't even know existed. So who knew there could be so much in terms of value, but you've managed to cover it. So it's pretty impressive. Well, that's the kind of the irony is that value is that simple core right. in the middle of customer centric. Sales is nothing more complicated it's than that. It's true. It's simple. It's but once you know that simple truth, now, how am I going to change? There's there's big changes a lot of companies have to implement in order to make that happen. Right. Simple changes, straightforward. They feel great for people. Uh, all the people who had, they, they lived in organizations that had an internal customer. Right. Which is this unfortunate band-aid for when you don't have a line of sight to the real customer. Mm -hmm. um, suddenly, their job is not to, for an internal customer it's to the real customer. Right. And that's much more rewarding for everybody in your company when they have a line of sight. Well, congratulations on the book, your first book. It's a tough act to follow because there's a lot in here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for being here and good luck with the book. Thanks, Jaren. It's been a pleasure. If you'd like more information, just check out our website, csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.